hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we sing hallelujah, 10,000 praises. God, we love you. We worship you. God, we want to worship in reckless abandon. God, we want to give you lavish, excessive, extravagant praise because you are so worthy. God, you are so aware that we're stuck between the clash of the two kingdoms, this evil eon in which we were born into and the kingdom of God that many of us have been born again into. And there's a drawing, there's a war that's taking place, and God, without you, we are powerless. We are tossed about like to surf, but with you, God, we can accomplish anything. And so, Lord, as we praise, as we worship, as we open the Word of God today, would you give us direct revelation? Lord, we've come to the commander-in-chief of heaven asking for orders from headquarters that we may walk out and worship in obedience to you. God, we want to fly, fly your flag unashamedly, unreservedly. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In our hearts, our homes, our ministries, in this worship service at Faith Promise Church and our movement camp that's coming up in a couple weeks. God, your kingdom come. We believe it and we receive it. And in Jesus' name we pray it. And all God's people said, come on, somebody. Give him a shout of praise as you're sitting down. Come on. Woo! My, my, my. Welcome, promisers from all of our campuses, from out in Campbell and Anderson in the north, from Blunt and Pellissippi, Internet Campus all over, God behind bars. It is thrilling to have you guys with us this weekend. You picked an amazing weekend to come and celebrate. Let me ask you a question. What do I look like to you? Confused. Confused. Somebody asked me last night, did you lose a bet? I said, no, 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 I wouldn't bet anything as horrible as this. I wouldn't bet that I'd ever lose it. I'd have to wear an LSU hat, trust me. But here's, listen, listen. Uh, see, if I were to ask you, who am I rooting for, what would you say? We don't know. You're confused. We can't tell what team you're for. Well, church, America looks at us and says, we can't tell what team you're for. Because you fly such a different array, an array of flags, that we can't tell what you're standing for. Does that make sense? And so this is how many of us look spiritually. LSU hat. Come on. Good night. You know, I've got to love God to wear something LSU. You notice I do have the T.O. for my heart, the orange in the house. Come on. Auburn Tigers. Come on. Gator pants. Now, by the way, when I bought these tennis shoes, I didn't realize that they were Florida Gator cutters, so I don't wear them much. But, and somebody said, where's the, where's the crimson? <laughs> we don't like Alabama. And so, now, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Come on. Come on, chill out, chill, 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 man. You can have fun in the house of God, can't you? And so, come on, here's the deal. So, right now, right now, as we speak, there are 196 sovereign nations on the planet. Now, before the day is over, there may be 197, there may be 195, because it changes. But there are 196 sovereign flags that are flags. As a matter of fact, because of your generosity, by the way, one of the ministries that we support, Equip, it's in uh, John Maxwell's not-for-profit. You have helped train six 
million believers in around the world. We've trained Christian leaders in every nation. I'm talking about Iraq, Iran, Libya, Syria, Egypt, every nation on the planet. I was there when we trained the last leaders from the last nation. And so because your generosity, what we do, this church's reach is so much more than any of us realize. So as we're, as we're continuing on this series, Kingdom Come, what flag are you flying? So let's, what, what does this represent? <clears throat> what? America. It used to be America, and that's America. It's like the Walmart. It's America. So what, is, what does this flag represent? ISIS. Now, when you saw the American flag, did that generate some emotions? <laughs> did that ISIS flag generate some different emotions? Oh, sure it does. What about, what about this flag? That generates some emotions, doesn't it? What about this flag? Come on, somebody. Man. What about this flag? Oh, you hear that? Hmm. What about this flag? Crucified. See, the flag that you flies declares your allegiance. When you go to a sporting event or a social event and everybody stands and they raise the American flag and, and people stand and salute and they cover their heart and they say, I pledge what? Allegiance. See, the flag represents the kingdom. So I pledge my allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands or represents one nation under indivisible with liberty and justice for all. So when, every time we do that, we're declaring, I pledge my allegiance to America. I pledge my allegiance to that flag because that flag represents all that America is. And so I do that. And see, a flags, flags are so important. They distinguish friend from foe. A flag determines who you support and who you shoot. If you're in Fallujah or you're in Afghanistan and you're an American and you see an American flag on, an, on a uniform, that person you love. If you see an ISIS flag on the other uniform, what do you do? You shoot. One you help, one you, one you hurt. One you hug, one you try to kill. And so flags are so important because, again, it declares your allegiance, who you stand for. If you live in downtown Knoxville, it's probably best not to fly an Alabama flag outside your condo. But, you know, that's funny and we play, but listen, there's not one home in the whole United States of America that has an ISIS flag on a flagpole off the front porch. Because what would happen, you know, what would happen if somebody flew an ISIS flag on their front porch? The neighbors would burn their house down. I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Nobody's going to fly, nobody's going to, even as a joke, fly an ISIS flag. Why? Because they're the what? They're the enemy, so the flag that you fly is absolutely Im Im important. Are there any believers in the house this week? Any believers? Okay. So I want you to understand whether you understood it before or you maybe you're not a believer yet and you're in the process of potentially becoming a believer. Here's the deal. There is a cost to flying the flag of Jesus. There is a cost to being in the kingdom of God. Now, in America, it's getting more and more substantial.
because in this politically correct, multicultural America in which we live, if you fly the America, if you fly the Jesus flag, you're automatically judged, aren't you? Now, part of the reason that we're judged is because pe- other people that have flown the Jesus flag didn't live the Jesus life. And so they lump us all together. See, it, it bothers me that, that, that the world says that we're hypocrites. It doesn't bother me if they say that, you're, that when we shine the light into the darkness, they're mad at us because Jesus said the darkness has always hated the light. So when we shine the light of God's love and God's kingdom in, they're going to be mad about that, right? That's not why they're mad. They're not mad that we're shining light in. They're mad at how we act, that we fly one flag and we live another way. Does that make sense? And so if you're going to fly the Jesus flag, walk the Jesus walk. Does that, are, are, does that make sense? Now, now in a couple weeks, we're going to start a new series. Oh, ho, 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 ho. You, hey, listen. And it's entitled this, Religious People Ruin Everything. And it's funny now, but when I get to it, it's not going to be. Because we're going to get all up in some grills on this thing. We really are. Because of religion, and I'm not going to preach the sermon now, but man, we are working on it. It's going to be unbelievable. So we, in this series, Kingdom Come, we have, we've used the motif of a castle and the drawbridge and the moat and the throne and the tapestry. And now, now we want to talk about the flag that's flying over the top of that castle. I was in London several years ago. Michelle and I were on a mission trip, and we took a visit to a castle. It was about an hour outside of London. And we were touring it, and they told us that if the queen, it's her house, it's, it's her palace, and she owns many of them. She's the largest landowner in Europe. It's, it's just off the charts. Unbelievable to go see what goes on and, and to go see things that are really old. Because, see, in America, there's nothing old. In, in, in England, if it's under five, it's not an antique till it's 500 years old. The only thing we have 500 years old is a teepee. Not any, there's nothing, because we're a new nation. And so what they, if the queen was at home, they flew a flag to let all the subjects know that the sovereign was in that palace. Wherever she was, they flew a particular flag. And in, in, a, in a kingdom, in a castle, there is a king or a queen. And when someone would visit the king or queen uh, in biblical times and medieval times, they don't do it as much today, but they would walk in and they would take one knee or two knee, it, knees in front of the throne, and they would hold their hands out, and they would do what is called homage to the king. Does this look like a, does this position look familiar to you? See, it's, it's a position of prayer. It's a position of praise. And so they would bow and do homage. Can I tell you? I don't bow to an earthly king, but I bow to the eternal king. I bow to the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator and the redeemer. No problem bowing to the Alpha and the Omega, the one who created and through him all things were made that are made, and through him all things hold together. He is the first and the last. And man, I love to worship and do homage to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Now, we bow before an eternal king. There are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of this evil eon that happened after Adam and Eve sinned and, and gave dominion to the enemy, Satan. The Bible says the prince of power of the air. Okay, so he had dominion, so now we have this wicked world. And then through Jesus, the kingdom of God was inaugurated. In the Old Testament, it said the kingdom of God was a mystery. But when Jesus came, he came to inaugurate his kingdom. The kingdom came, and then it's going to come fully when he comes back to get us. And so there's this kingdom of God thing going on. So the kingdom of the world is temporal. 
temporary. Does that make sense? It's not spiritual. It's natural. The kingdom of God is not, it's not physical. It is spiritual. Now, on the, on the natural side, the people that are invested and involved with the kingdom of this world, they are so worried about power. And so they're worried about the election that's upcoming. Are you with me? I mean, people are wringing their hands. They are just, man, there are wars going on on Twitter and Instagram. There are preachers, and man, there are all these people saying, what are we going to do? The world's coming to an end. You know, I listen to, to, concert, I listen to talk radio sometimes uh, as little as possible, but sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I'll try to catch up on the news. And, and man, you listen to them, the world's going to come to an end like tomorrow. Are you with me? And there are people, if the Donald gets elected, are leaving. And there are people, if Hillary gets elected, they're leaving. Nobody's leaving. Nobody's leaving. Where are you going to go? China? Where you get to have one kid, and if it's a girl, you kill it? USSR? Where are you going to go? We've got the greatest gig going on the planet, really. And so, but, but people, they're, they're, they're wigging out. Because it's unbelievable, maybe, that the people of God see the power in the world as political as wealth, and the real power is eternal sitting on the throne of heaven. Are you with me? God can turn this thing around. God can do more in five seconds than we can do in 50, min, 50 years of ministry. That's the power of God. But, but I'm just unbelievable watching these Christians, and you've got to vote for this guy. They've got to do this. You've got to do that, man. As if they put all their hope in a political process. If you're a servant of the kingdom of God, we serve an eternal kingdom. Listen, we'll just be getting started when no one will remember America or who was elected. Because we're going to live forever. Are you with me? Those of us that are involved in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus, speaking to his disciples, said in Matthew 6, 33, But seek you what? First, I hope this verse is, but I hope you went work and this verse just comes across the screen like a ticker tape. That you wake up seeing first, 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 first. He's killing me. I'm going to quit preaching this when we get it. A buddy of mine, Bill Hybels, man, preached six months on serving. He preached until everybody raised the white flag and said, well, I'll serve. Please quit. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, seek you first his kingdom. Seek you first, seek it foremost, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Who's going to be elected? What's going to happen with Obamacare? What's going to happen that Britain left the, the, the EU? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, my, oh, my. If Hillary gets elected, if the Donald gets elected, do you think God is wringing his hands in heaven and saying, oh, my, what will happen if Donald builds a wall? God is saying, that is so insignificant. He said, the kingdoms of the world in their vanity raised their voice against the Most High. <laughs> And God laughs from heaven. See, we compare ourselves with each other and then begin to think we're haughty. In my quiet time yesterday morning, I was praying, and my word for this year is abundantly abiding. And so I was thinking about John 15. And, and man, I was just thinking through the, you know, God's, Jesus said, I'm the vine. My father's the vine dresser. You're the branch. Every branch in me produces fruit. And, you know, the, the thought came to my mind, no one brags on a branch. Nobody brags on a branch. We want to brag on the bread. Well, look at my fruit's better than your fruit. I got four more grapes on my vine. Nana, nana, boo, boo. Listen, the farmer that owns the vineyard, oh, yeah, Abba, God. The vine, which is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, sap throwing. But listen, you, you look at a vine, nobody's, they say, look at that vine. They even say, look at the grapes. Nobody says, look at that branch. 
But we want to believe we're big time, don't we? There's anybody out there? So come on. See, that's the kingdom of the world. We, we serve a kingdom of eternity. And so every, listen, think about this. Every worldly kingdom, every nation, every empire, every kingdom came to power by force. Every single one of them. By force, by intrigue. It was said, again, this week that Britain voted to leave the EU, it was said many years ago that the, that the sun never sets on the what? On the British Empire because they had property all the way around the world. How did the British Empire gain all that property? By force. They got their, their ships and their armies and they took them. We saw the USSR, the walls come down, remember? Not many years ago, and now Russia's invaded Georgia. Not the one right beside us, although that might help. But they were, they invaded Georgia. Why? To get their, to get property back. America was a colony of what? Of Great Britain until the Americans said, hey, we don't like Britain anymore. We think we'll do this on our own. And next weekend we'll, se we'll celebrate the signing of the Declaration of what? independence but because we signed a document didn't make us a country what did we do we got an army and we kicked britain's butt and now how do we start america through a war see every earthly kingdom is won through intrigue and warfare and they take prisoners because not everybody wanted to leave the european union in britain the last week and you know if a, if a new king comes in and and takes over you know that not everybody likes it but see, in the world, they take prisoners. In the kingdom of God, there are no spiritual prisoners. The only people in the kingdom of God are those that want to be. Does that make a decision? Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. And, 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 and most miss the kingdom of God. Come on, don't miss it. We'll say, well, I'll start serving the kingdom and get to heaven. No, listen, the kingdom has come. Start serving now for the kingdom is at hand. Does this make sense? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he or she live. When you were born again, eternal life began, and you now are a soldier of the kingdom of God. Does this make sense? And so act like kingdom soldiers. Well, I love people, Pastor, and they're lovable. No, the kingdom of God has come. Love people anyway. I have joy when my circumstances get better. No, the kingdom of God has come. Have joy anyway. I have peace when my kids move out. No, the kingdom of God has come. Have peace anyway. I have patience when I retire. The kingdom of God has come. Have patience anyway. Are y'all getting this? I'll have self-control. You know, when I get to heaven, no, the kingdom of God has come. Have self-control now. Are, are, do I need to start over? Are we okay? See, the kingdom of God demands, it demands a decision in this eon, not the next. Hebrews 9, 27 says, For it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. And so let's look at some of those things. John chapter 3. And Jesus answered, said to him, Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is what? He cannot what? See the kingdom of God. Listen, some of you have family and friends that think you're crazy because you go to church, especially because you go to Faith Promise. I love everybody thinks they know about Faith Promise and they've never been. Like the biggest deal, that's a big church, so they don't preach the gospel over there. They preach a feel-good message. Are you kidding me? We give you steel toes boots when you become a core. Because if you don't like the Word of God, you're not going to stick around here long, are you? Because we're not playing. 
So, but they don't understand why you go to church and you serve and you give your money. They don't understand. You know why? Because they've never seen the kingdom of God because they haven't been born again. If you're not born again, you can't even see it, can't comprehend it, can't understand it, can't get it. And your friends, the Bible says, are blinded by the enemy so they cannot see the gospel of his glorious kingdom. And so they're missing it. Does that make sense? That's why you pray, God, open their eyes that they can be born again wise they see the kingdom of God and live forever. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again when he is old? What are you talking about? He can't enter into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God demands a decision. Matter of fact, let me show you a teaching that you never hear preached on that Jesus taught, how radical the decision to follow Jesus is. And uh, if your hand causes you to stumble, do what? Did it say get a manicure? Cut it off. It's better for you to enter life, which is a synonym of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It's better to enter life crippled than having two hands going to hell in an unquenchable fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. If your foot causes you to stumble, do what? Get a pedicure? Cut it off. For it's better for you to enter life lame than having two feet be cast in hell where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. If your eye causes you to stumble, do what? Pluck that sucker out. Pop. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God. See what I'm saying? Life, life, kingdom of God. They're synonyms. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell where the fire is not quenched. Then you say, are you serious? God wants me to go home today, get a chainsaw, cut my foot off? No. But the decision is so dramatic and it is so demanding that Jesus says if there's anything that causes you to miss the kingdom, get stinking rid of it. Are you with me? Come on, man. We need some, man, we need some revelation here. Because we've got too many people that go to church every weekend but reluctantly fly the, fly the flag of Jesus. We don't need any more James Bond 007 secret agent Christians. You say, but if I tell people at work, I'm a believer, I'll get fired. Seek ye what? The kingdom of God? Seek your job first and then the kingdom? How will I provide for my family? All these other things will be added unto you. So you're a kingdom servant. Act like it. George Ladd, I'm going to give you a quote. By the way, if you want to do de- if you want to dig deeper, has this topic been good? The kingdom of God. So if you want to dig deeper, George Ladd has got probably the best book written on the, it's called The Kingdom, uh, the Gospel of the Kingdom. George Elder Ladd, it's a small book, but it is a, go ahead and, and get ready because it's a tough read. But it's one of the sources that we use other than the Bible in creating this series. The modern man is usually quite casual about his spirituality. Would y'all agree with that? Listen, and it's in the church too. Do you know we had 1,300 more people for Mother's Day than we had for Father's Day? 1,300 more people. Mother's Day is one of our biggest days of the year. Father's Day has been our smallest attendance of the year. You know one of the reasons? Because mom, everybody in the family knows mom wants everybody to go to church. And everybody knows the family, dad wants to go to the lake and barbecue. Because here's the deal. Men are quite casual about their spiritual condition. Not the guys that are here. You on the internet, that's who we're talking to, not these... He will undertake radical measures in the pursuit of wealth, success, and power. 
but is unwilling to become deeply moved about the concerns of his soul, which I agree with that. So you see, we're kingdom servants, but we're so consumed with this world that we miss. Seek you first the kingdom. Let me give you another, another red letter paragraph that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 10. Therefore, every one of you who confesses me before men. Now, this doesn't bother us. We say, yeah, I'll make, I, yeah, man, I'll stand up for Jesus. I'll get baptized. No big deal. Because you're an American, nobody cares. In Baghdad, in Syria, they kill you. In Egypt, in many of the places around the world. By the way, they have churches. You would think they don't. They do. And people risk their lives every week to worship and name the name of Jesus. See, Jesus knew when he said, if you'll confess me before men go public, that would have cost you your job, your family, potentially, not everyone. It cost me. I, I literally had to leave my family after I got saved. Literally had to separate from my family and all my friends. It cost me everything to follow Jesus. He said, if you confess me before men, it, 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 man, people lose their families, they're ostracized, or they have their heads cut off. They're killing Christians every day. They've been doing it for years, just nobody ever covered it. I will confess him before my Father's in heaven. But guess what? Whoever does what? Denies me before men, I will deny him before my Father, which is heaven. If you don't want to fly the flag, Romans 1, 16, for I'm unashamed of the gospel. I will fly the flag, gospel flag. I will fly Jesus' flag irregardless. Don't think, listen, ooey-gooey Jesus, so sweet and warm, little baby in the manger. He's kumbaya, let's all have sit around and ooey gooey, you know, easy squeezy, lemon peasy. It's just ooh ah ah. This is what Jesus said. I don't think I came to bring peace on the earth. I didn't. I came to bring a what? A sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. I came to set a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his own what? When Saul the apostle, when Saul of Tarsus got saved and became Paul the Apostle. He, they had a funeral for him. His family did. They're, they're not, it doesn't for everyone. But there's a cost for many people that choose to follow Christ. Does that make sense? There's a cost. It doesn't necessarily cost your life, but it costs people. If you're, if you're a Jewish and you live in Israel and you become a believer, you lose your family. You lose everything. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. How? What about he that does not love his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me either. He who does not take up his own cross, his electric chair, his lethal injection, and follow me is not what? Worthy of me. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up. I didn't sign up for that. I know. Pray a prayer. Write the name, write the date down in your Bible. You'll be good. Go live like hell. Doesn't matter. I prayed a prayer. He that has found his life will lose it, but he has, has lost his life for my sake will find it. I'm glad to give up my temporal, temporary life in this wicked world to have eternity with God forever. That's a deal I'll make every single day. I'm glad to give up worrying about the all to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right, listen, there's a cost to kingdom living. There's a cost to flying the flag. We don't need any more reluctant flag flyers. We, we don't need any more. There's a group of Syrian refugees in North Knoxville. We had a dinner for them at our North Knoxville campus. They were Christians, and the, the, they were being selectively murdered uh, in, the, in Syria by the government, and the American government moved them to North Knoxville. 
And we had a dinner for them at a North Knoxville campus, and we tried to help them to you know, acclimate, get driver's license and all that kind of stuff, and, and tried to help them. Nobody even knows they're in Knoxville. Man, nobody knows. what. See, we're, the, the kingdom of God is being advanced through faith promise, and pe- none of us have all the idea everything that's going on, do we? And so, man, just, just stay committed, stay connected. Now, Jesus said the first step is that you believe, you realize he is, and then you repent, which means you change directions. I'm lowering the flag of my, my sovereignty of myself, and I'm raising the flag of Jesus, and I'm going to change directions, and I'm going to follow him. Because I walk the way of the world, and I've walked the way of the word. I like God's way best. Anybody with me? Man, I like God's way best. Then, when you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, now you're an ambassador, the Bible says. You're an ambassador of Jesus. And there's cost. Gentleman, what's his name? I believe his name was Chris Stevens, was killed in Benghazi. Why? Because he sat under an American flag. That's why he was killed. Because he was defending a kingdom. He was representing a kingdom. We raise the flag of Jesus, and we represent the kingdom of God. Here's what we do. We plant seeds so that God can plant flags. God doesn't take them with swords and bows and tanks and guns. He does by one heart at a time, surrendering to the lordship of Jesus. When God sent his son, he didn't send a politician, thank God. He didn't send an educator. He didn't send a soldier. He sent a poor Judean carpenter, born of a virgin, in an obscure village that no one's ever heard about. And by the the kingdom of God being inaugurated when he came and then he died on the cross and rose from the grave on Easter, the kingdom of God exploded then on the day of Pentecost and it began to move through the people of God. Unlike the world, completely opposite to the world because the world moves by power, by politics, by armies, but the kingdom of God moves by the persuasion of the gospel. Does that make sense? And we are the ambassadors of that. The kingdom came and so many missed it. Don't miss it. I read a story of a group, I, I, I read about them a lot, called Charity Water. They're, they're, it's called an NGO outside of America, non-governmental organization. NGOs do, do good works. They do, they do compassion. And, and, and Charity Water drills wells in third world countries. They've drilled thousands of wells. They were in a particular village in Africa. The whole village was there, hundreds of people watching. The drill is going into the ground, and all of a sudden, boom! they hit water like an oil gusher man like jr in dallas man it just exploded with life-giving pure water and man it's raining down and people are dancing in the mud puddle and they're dancing in the rain and man everybody's ecstatic except one lady sitting over on a rock with her hands in her face just sobbing uncontrollably somebody walked over and said ma'am what's wrong this is a happy day we've got water She said, do you mean to tell me every day of my life I've walked four hours to the well and four hours back to bring water for my family? Do you mean to tell me that every day I walked eight hours to get water and it was under my feet the whole time? The kingdom of God is all around us. And we spend eight or ten hours a day on the rat race of this world trying to get a little bit more of it and the kingdom of God is all around us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, what we want is joy, don't we? Unspeakable. We want peace. We want victory. We want God to move in our families. 
The world can't provide that. Only the kingdom can. So come on in to the kingdom. Come on in to the kingdom of God. Is anybody with me? Because listen, again, the world, come on, that's right, give him some praise. So here's the deal. Some of you have never entered the kingdom. You never crossed the drawbridge. Jesus said, I'm the gate. You've never crossed. You've been religious. Man, you've been at church. See, the kingdom of God demands a decision. Are you with me? I'm not talking about some, you know, hey, I'm going to fill a card out. Hey, I'm a good. I'm going to live like I won't know. It, it involves a relinquishing. The flag comes down of you, and the flag of Jesus goes up. He that would find his life will lose it, but he that loses his life for my sake will find it. So if you're ready to have your sins forgiven, if you're ready to enter into a relationship with the God of heaven, if you're ready to start brand new and fresh with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, if you're ready to step in the kingdom and, and, and repent, turn your back on this world and walk for Jesus, then would you open your hearts with us and pray this prayer with us? Dear Jesus, I know I've screwed it up. All me. My bad. You died for me. You paid for my sins. You rose from the grave. Now I confess you as Lord. I, I give away my, my power. I confess you as Lord of all. Take your rightful seat on the throne of my heart. Help me pursue you and your kingdom above all, forever, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, church, give him some praise. Wow. Woo! Man, has it been good to be in the house of God this weekend? Wow. If you gave your heart to Jesus, if you're online, you can go to the chat room or fill the communication card out. If you gave your heart to the Lord in this service, one of our campuses, you can fill the communication card out right in front of you, a seat back, and you can put in the offering box or whatever other thing you need on there. You can go to our next steps, and they'll help you. Hey, this summer is rocking. People said, hey, well, why don't you preach this? Why don't you preach this whenever, when, man, in the, in the fall when everybody's back? No, this is a family kind of series right here. Man, this is people say, hey, we want it, man, we want to get deep. But let me tell you, it doesn't get any deeper in the kingdom of God, does it? And so many of you, uh, matter of fact, you say, hey, I had to rewatch that message. I had to, I had to rewind that. I had to replay that. I'm trying to get a hold of that. Praise God. Some of you are waking up thinking about the tapestry or the drawbridge or the throne. Amen. Some of you are going to wake up every day this week thinking about the flag. Get them, God. I mean, the Spirit of God is invading. God is moving. He's drawing, he's challenging, he's changing, he's transforming. That song we sang, Revive Us Again, Holy Fire. Man, God is moving in this place. Wow. So we love you. Next weekend, we're going to celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And we are going to sort of, we're going to wind up the kingdom of God. It's going to be a weekend like we've never had before. You absolutely don't want to miss it. Listen, listen, thank you guys. You're so faithful through the summer. We are, we, the, the attendance has exploded this summer like it never has before. And you guys have just been faithful. But you know what I believe? I believe y'all don't want to miss. Is that right? Is that right? Come on. So we love you. Be blessed. See you next weekend.